0: This is One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 54 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism, and I'm speaking this morning with Gary Moore, who is the President CEO of Nonpareil Institute, located in Dallas, Texas. Gary, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for being on the show. I know uh, that uh, the focus of the non Institute is Building Better Futures for Adults with Autism, and um, we're gonna. I'm going to ask you to talk all about it, the history, um, what you do now, what the future looks like. Um, but before we do that, I'd love for you to just give us some background on yourself.
1: Sure, sure. I'd be happy to. So uh, my background is in information technology and left college and started out as a, uh, in a career as a programmer thought I wanted to be in the technical programming space, but realized computers are smarter than me. So I kind of moved out of that after about 10 years into Mm -hmm. IT consulting and training and education, but more importantly, staffing. So for about 20 years, I spent uh, the majority of those 20 years helping others find jobs, so IT professionals, and ran Mm -hmm. several uh, large staffing firms that uh, had dozens of recruiters working for me that Place people in jobs around the country. So, have a strong background in I.T. and staffing. And, but uh, well, what I'm really proud to talk about is my son. About 24 years ago, uh, we were blessed to have a, a son. We adopted him actually at birth. And uh, as it turns out, a few years later, he had autism. He mm-hmm. was diagnosed with autism. So that was the beginning of my journey into the world of autism, which I knew very little about. Uh, yeah, but that's that's kind of my background, and then we can talk about how I got into non when you're ready.
0: So, and this this is a very um, frequent kind of way that these discussions start on on this show is there's often sort of a um, I don't know if it's a universe at work or what it, what it is, or it's just general you know parenting behavior, um, but often there is a connection between um, a parent professional background combined with the recognition and understanding that their child isn't somewhere on the autism spectrum. And so, um, so I'm excited to hear kind of how this how this uh, moved in this direction with you becoming involved with Nonpareil. And I I have some guesses, but I'm not going to throw them out there. I'm going to ask you to, to talk a little bit more about exactly why and what you're doing there. Um, but uh, so why don't we just jump right in there, and, and, and I'll ask you um, to... Let's move to, could you describe Nonpareil right now, um, what is the focus, How? what, what are the different um, things that, that happen there, and who are you serving primarily? Okay. Uh,
1: we are a day program, and we serve uh, young adults on the spectrum, uh, 18 or above, out of high school. And uh, what we realized, Dan, uh, who was really kind of the genius behind Nonpro, we may talk about that in a bit, but uh, when he and I joined up about 12 years ago to start Nonpro, we both had young sons on the spectrum. And as we looked at the future when they grew up, what was going to happen, as they say, when the bus stops showing up? And as I was very familiar with the staffing and employment and competitive employment, I realized it, it's going to be hard for our sons to find meaningful employment when they get out of high school. And then, as I began to talk to people, I realized uh, I wasn't alone in that thinking. And as I began to look at statistics, it was pretty, you know, pretty horrifying to look at the future—not only my son, but many young adults on the spectrum once they graduated high school. Mm-hmm. So, so we started NAPL twelve years ago, and the focus really then was to to tap into their their passion and what we felt was their potential. And by that, Eliza, I mean many of them, as you may know, not all, but many of them have a real interest, a real proclivity for technology, computers, animation, video games, etc. as did Dan's son and my son. Even him being in the technical industry myself, we thought, well, what if we tapped into that? What if we could find a way to train them in technology and then utilize that to to provide a platform to build product, to build things, to to have a career in IT and earn income. So that was kind of the genesis of Nombrell. And the focus initially, there's kind of a tale of, uh, it's two tales here. One, the early beginnings, 2008, no one was really hiring adults on the spectrum. So our vision then, Eliza, was to bring them in and train them in technology and uh, which is what we're still doing, but train them in technology and then uh, have them build product apps and video games, etc. that would provide a source of revenue to, to pay them. So that was the initial thinking. And so since then, I'm excited to say, because society has shifted pretty dramatically in the last two, three years in terms of mm-hmm. companies wanting to hire adults on the spectrum, we've since expanded our program tremendously to include a lot of other skills other than just building apps and games. So we're training young adults in many areas, uh, both uh, technology and non-technology, soft skills, if you will, you know, how to mm-hmm. find a job, how to how to build a resume, how to look online, how to interview. So we teach both soft and hard skills at NOMPRO.com. With the goal that after you know a couple of years, they're all different, so they're, they're different. We, we don't graduate, them. there's no uh, hard graduation. So some of them will be there a couple of years. Some might be there a little longer until they're able to leave and, and, and go out and find employment. Or some will stay at non and work. Uh, we've employed a number of our uh, students as full-time staff now. So we're trying to just provide a, a number of options for them and not just limit what others think they might can do. But what we really see is their potential and what their passion is. So that's what we really encourage is help them find their passion what they really love to do and then train them in that area. And hopefully that leads to a better outcome.
0: This is um, this is great. It actually coincides with a conversation I was just having earlier this morning about um, about the the challenge that we've seen for many years, and I'm sure you've faced with your son uh, as well, where there is a there is a, a large difference between having a skill set for to do a to do the understanding of the steps involved to complete a, a job, no matter what that um, that role is, and being able to both have the other skills that are necessary to seek and apply for and interview successfully for that job and then also to maintain that job it's so it's 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 really great um, again to be hearing about an organization that is Recognizing that you can have far more impact if you start to find ways to include, um, like you said, those softer skills, the interviewing skills, the resume-building skills. Because um, I know just from also talking with um, with some folks who are on the spectrum who have faced challenges remaining employed when they first think they found their dream job and it's perfect for them, and then you come to realize that there are other aspects of maintaining that job that are more social or more about being able to receive constructive feedback. And come back the next day and persevere, Um, and or you know I'm so I've got a college degree I'm ready to go I have all this training, um, but I can't find a job and it's you know that can often come down to not really having those other skills involved in being able to figure out how to make a connection to to the job that you want. So I love that you've integrated. I've begun integrating those things as well. Um, how do people find you if, they, if they're if they looking for this particular type of training? How, how would people find out about your program, or is there a waiting list? Are you How, how does that work, getting involved? Sure, sure.
1: Well, uh, in the early years, I'd say the first three or four years, we had a lot of national publicity, NBC Night, and the CNN, NPR, USA Today. So we had a lot of stories in those early years that... The word got out quickly, so a lot of people heard about us or read about us, Family Circle, Computer World Magazine. So mm-hmm. we were just in a lot of the local news stations here, network news stations. So we had a lot of publicity those first four or five years. And so that, that got the word out to a lot of families. So, And we still get a fair amount of media coverage, so that helps. A lot of it's word of mouth. You know, parents that you know have relationships with other parents that have children on the spectrum. School districts. Mm-hmm. We try to talk to every school district in our communities. We're in four cities now, so each of those cities, we we definitely try to make sure we're connected to all the school districts and that they're aware of us. We have uh, open houses. We attend resource fair, transition fairs at all these schools. Um, we obviously have a website. We social media. Uh,
0: okay, why don't you share what that is website like is? Why don't you share the website?
1: Sure, it's Paul
0: dot org. Perfect. We'll throw that out a couple times. So you're so you're really out and about, and you made good use. It sounds like of the initial um, pub, uh, publicity that you received, which sounds you know deservedly so. Um, are you full right now, or is it? Is it if somebody were to approach you today looking for training? Are there are there opportunities? Do you have a cap on the number of people that you can serve at any one time? Yes, and you know this is always a tough line to walk. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, as a parent, the,
1: the, you know the worst words you can hear is you're on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we quit using waiting list years ago, and we have an interest list.
0: Okay, so that's better anybody that's.
1: <laughs> and, and not just trying to be semantical here, but uh, we we used to tour people and then fill out an application, but it might be a while before they could get in. We We found that to be very... Uh, challenging for the family and the young man or woman. So we we stopped doing that, and uh, so we have an interest list. So anybody that's interested in attending non can go to our website, go to the contact page, and then depending on the city that they're interested in, in, click on that link, and they can put their name, address, phone in to share with us that they're interested in learning more about non So we do have a number of people on those lists for each city, Uh, But we don't actually tour families and interview families until we know we have openings and can uh, take people in. Because it's very hard to be on a waiting list for a year after you've toured. Uh, mm-hmm. They get really excited, and they want to be there, and they're ready to be there, and we tell them we have no room. So we do have yeah. capacity. We opened two new cities last year, and they have capacity, for Orlando and Austin. But even in our Dallas and Houston operation, we do have, there is potential for uh, students if they were interested in attending.
0: Great. Okay. So that's n-p- npusa.org for more information. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you for um, a little bit more sort of of that hands-on experience and tell some stories about some really positive outcomes that you've seen um gary moore from the non institute thank you for being on 154 this is the talk show uh, about topics related to autism spectrum disorder i'm your host eliza Bozensky, and we'll be right back Hey, Hudson Valley, a movement's taking shape to optimize the quality of life for people with autism, and you can be a part of it. Thanks to the Think Differently initiative, Anderson Center for Autism has trained over 100 businesses and organizations to become autism-supportive environments. Duchess is the first of its kind autism-supportive county, and the Village of Rhinebeck, the first autism-supportive community. Get your group the training needed to make a heartwarming impact on countless lives. Learn more at AndersonCenterForAutism.org. Welcome back to one in fifty four, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and I'm talking today with Gary Moore, who is the president and CEO of the Non Institute. Started in Dallas, Texas. Um, but uh Gary, we were just telling me that uh you were now in several different cities throughout the country with uh with a lot of cities contacting you asking you to come to them. So, um, the 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 market is high, we know the need is is there um, in helping to train um adults on the autism spectrum in terms of employment going beyond the actual skills needed to complete the job, but the skills also needed to find the job, do the job, maintain the job, and hopefully enjoy the job. So um, so thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Sure. So... When when we were first talking before we even started the interview, uh, we were talking about the name Nonpareil, and um, you mentioned something to me that stuck out. Um, in addition to the fact that we both recognize that there are ways that if we were in France, we would be uh, pronouncing this, but um, but we're going to go with Nonpareil. Um, but tell us what it means, because this this is why this is the name.
1: Sure, happy to. And I have to give credit to Dan Sellert, uh, who he and I co-founded non He was kind of the initial genius behind uh, starting Non-Prel. But he was thinking of a name uh, and looking around at different names, and we knew we wanted a name that would, you know, earn the respect of not just the community, but that our, our students that attended would feel like that they're special, that they're unique, and they're not. Many of them have been bullied in school, marginalized, and just, you know, more or less tossed aside, and and so uh, I felt like they're less than, my son included. So Dan came up with the name non When he shared it with me, I said, what does that mean? How do you spell it? What does it mean? When he shared it with me, I thought, oh, that's genius, because uh, it's, how we, it's how we truly view our, our young men and women. They, they have no equal. They have no parallel. They're very really uniquely gifted and uh, very special, awesome young men and women, and I've learned over the years of being at non just how special and unique they are as i've had the opportunity to be around hundreds of them now and, and meet thousands more so that was kind of the genesis of the name and it really has uh stood out in the community um we do get asked a lot how do you spell it what does it mean <laughs> some people will joke i'll be at a resource fair or something i say oh y'all make the little candies they go in the chocolate yes. little candies, you know, you the Perels. I said, no, no, we're sweet, but we don't make candy.
0: <laughs> but,
1: uh, anyway, well, it's uh, it's one of those
0: names that gets people talking, but I wanted you to share that part of the story because... Um, I just think I've never really thought about um, what it means. I was a, a Spanish minor in, in college, so I, you know, I just never went the French direction. But, but the no equal, no parallel, I think, is a really wonderful way to express, um, I think, just the, the founding kind of feeling and emotion behind the decision that you and your, your co-founder made when developing the Institute. So I wanted to make sure people heard that. Um, I also would like to give you the opportunity now to tell us a couple of stories. Um, we have about eight minutes left in our interview, and um, I'd love for you to give us a couple of examples of, of situations um, in individuals who come through the Institute that when you kind of think about their whole experience from start to finish, make you smile and, and make you sort of reinforce why you're doing what you do.
1: Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, a number come to mind, but we we have a little time, so I'll try to be brief. Uh, One of our first students, a young woman who actually had a degree, but when we met her, she was across, she had two jobs. She was throwing newspapers, and uh, she was a crossing guard for a school. So we, we look at all work as being honorable and meaningful, but obviously wasn't tapping into her potential. She had an IT background. So uh, she found out about Mom Perel. We brought her in and started training and realized she's a very bright woman and had so much potential that just wasn't being tapped into. So uh, our first app that we built, you can find it in the App Store. It's uh, the Soroban. Um, it's, a, it's a Japanese app because she just loved Japanese culture and math. She's very smart at math. And so she wanted to develop this app. And so we built this app. It was our first app that we built So in our first few years. It's in the store. And uh, she was so proud. NBC flew down uh, to do a, a, a story on Nonpareil. She was the person that they interviewed. And in the interview, she said, I didn't think it was possible for me to do something like this. And it just was wow. watching her share her experience. It brings tears to us. She has since left non but working uh, in a competitive IT job at a university here in the, in the Dallas area. So that's just one story that just it shows what an incredible thing uh, can happen, you know, when just given the right opportunity. Another one is a young man that, again, one of our early students, uh, when he toured, he was very uh, non-vulnerable, no eye contact, no handshake, nothing, That what you might think some people is typical And so we toured, I interviewed the parents, talked to the parents, and couldn't get a word out of him for a couple of hours. We walked around, met other students, and and saw all the great work they're doing. And when they left, I thought to myself, he's never going to be able to come to Nombrell and be successful. Well, long story short, not only did we, the parents were good advocates, so we admitted him. About two years later, he's one of our best instructors at Nomprel. He teaches other students. He He became an
0: instructor. Wow. He became an
1: instructor. So he's verbal. <laughs> yeah, he's blossomed. Uh, he does some of the most complex work we do in animation and rigging, and some of this very sophisticated software we do. He's the top of the class. People go to him for help because he's so smart. But you would have never known that just meeting him or being around him. <sighs> that really opened my eyes. That we just we need to be careful not to look at the outside, what we see or hear, but. Try to give them the opportunity to tap inside to see what's inside there, because he's become. Uh, these are just two stories. I could give you dozens and dozens, but mm-hmm. of the potential, with just given the right opportunity.
0: That's really cool. Did did you did you get to sort of watch him blossom? Did you get to see that whole thing unfold where he went from um, really, you know, sort of very internal, not communicating uh, vocally, to. Um, Was there a moment where he just kind of jumped at an opportunity, or or did it take the building of a relationship with somebody that he was working with? I mean, I I want more from that story. (laughs) That's amazing. Well,
1: I'll give you an hour on on all these stories of life, but you know what it was? It was just, I've toured lots of people, professional psychologists, psychiatrists, special ed teachers, educators, and special therapists. I've toured hundreds and hundreds of people in the the common thread when they come back to Moss, we sit down and say, "What did you think?" And they go, "That was awesome. I've never seen anything like that." And they're not talking about the technology, we did, which is right. very unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The kind of work these young men will do—they were referring to their the comfort level of these students walking up, looking them in the eye, shaking their hand, which isn't necessarily something we've just focused on teaching them. It just comes mm-hmm. natural. And what became apparent with this young man is that. When he felt he was in a safe place where people understood him, respected him, uh, you know, he had the dignity, we gave him dignity and respect and accommodation and patience, he just slowly began to blossom. And so it wasn't like overnight. It was a period of months and months and months. Right. But he just really blossomed. And that's what we see with young men and women at Perel is they, they open up because they don't fear Others, they don't fear being bullied or marginalized or disrespected. They feel, you know, just like anybody else should feel when they're at a work or a school. They, should, they feel respected, and, and so they just open up, and, and we see them, That's their, their abilities come to life.
0: That's fantastic. And, and, uh, and is it a typical or, um, or is it unusual for somebody to come through the Institute and then as he did kind of become uh, more of a, a person at an instructor role? So he stayed uh, right so he stayed and we've hired probably 10 or 12 of our
1: former students as full-time staff now in, okay. in several cities uh and a number of them are part-time staff you know they might be a lab assistant or they might work in the room where we have social events and club we have a lot of clubs by the way we we focus a lot on technology and job skills but we recognize a fulfilled life includes more than just work. So we, we yeah. provide a lot of social engagement at non and outside of non-pro to try to round out that really fulfilled life. So some of our students have been part-time staff working at some of these events and so forth. So uh, it is something, and we have a new initiative we started a few months ago, outsourcing companies that want to give us work. and we. Oh, yeah. Uh, Work and then the students work on it. and We pay them. The company pays us. Uh, if you go to our website, you'll you'll see some of that. Uh, so we're building an app for a big utility company here in Texas to teach safety to children. It's mm-hmm. an educational game for mobile. But we're building this educational game for children to teach them about safety and electricity. So we're we're just trying to tap into the interest in, in, the, in the community and the talent of our. Students to try to bring those together to, to just provide better outcomes.
0: That, is, that sounds fantastic. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the website again because I think our listeners should definitely go check it out and learn more. This is it NP? And then, non-Parell or Nancy Paul, as you said before, USA.org. Gary Moore, I really am just a big fan of what you're doing, and I think it's it's exciting and innovative and having an impact, obviously. So, I thank you for sharing it with me and our listeners today. Um, I wish you the best of luck in the future with your new endeavors with the outsourcing, and. And I'm really just thrilled to know that there are uh, organizations like nonparel who are starting from a place of no equal, no parallel, and just going from there. That's a great start,
1: (laughs) right? Well, thank you so much, Eliza. It's been a pleasure being on with you, and I really appreciate the time.
0: Absolutely, my pleasure. This is 1 in 54, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to One in 54, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.